great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. How would you like to make more money? We're going to talk about that in a second. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in a few minutes, I want to talk about ways that you can bring charitable giving alive to your kids. Uh, And this may not be a priority for you, but it's really important to me that my children, from when they're old enough to know anything before they're in school, that they know that part of our values is that we do what we can to serve others. Well, there are ways that you can help your kid have that be tangible. We're going to talk about that. I'm asked so often and over the years, one of the most popular searches on my website is looking for work-at-home opportunities or part-time work. And it's always been a popular thing because so often the listings you see for work at home are scams. People just trying to take advantage, steal your money. Well, there's a website called FlexJobs, flexjobs.com, that you have to pay for use of it. I think it's $15 a month, $15 a month, 50 bucks a year or something like that. I think that's right. And FlexJobs actually curates job possibilities for your specific situation. They take you through a questionnaire and they vet each of these opportunities to make sure they are on the up and up. They'll also guide you for things that are based on your skills and experience, what kind of things would be potentially good, legit work for you. Doesn't mean it's going to pay a lot of money, but you're not going to have money stolen from you, which is so very important. And more and more people want flexibility of being able to work part-time, being able to work from home. And I think the work-at-home thing is great, particularly as traffic problems have spread from the biggest cities to mid-sized metro areas in the country where people talk about the traffic, traffic, traffic all the time. And so being able to work from home and not have to put up with the hassle of commuting, you're efficient from the minute you start working instead of having the time going to and from work that is wasted time. But, you know, there's a benefit that the police will tell you that people working from home part-time or where they work all the time is actually making neighborhoods safer. Neighborhoods during the day where everybody skedaddles to go to work is like rolling out the red carpet for burglars. And having activity in a neighborhood with people who work from home is a tangible, real benefit for a neighborhood. It's like having a built-in neighborhood watch program. Remember when those were the thing? that people working full or part-time from home are like a built-in neighborhood watch. J.C. is with us on the Clark Howard Show. J.C., 
I am so glad you're calling with this question about Kayak.com. Do you know why? Uh, No, I don't. Because I've been meaning to talk about this for two or three months, and I kept forgetting to do so. (laughs) And this is so important because people are having problems all over the place. Tell me what's happened to you doing a search at Kayak. Well, Clark, first of all, it's great to talk to you, a longtime listener, but Thank you're right. You. I was, I am uh, planning an international trip and was on kayak uh, this morning searching flights. And as the fare results were listed, I noticed that there were several non-airline sites that were offering much lower fares than the main interline um, domestic and international carriers. And when I clicked on that link to those other sites, it just looked a little suspicious and I declined to book, and I was wondering what your experience was with these third-party booking options. All right, so this is something that Kayak needs to really rethink, and they're just making a lot of money, I guess, on referral fees. There are these wholesalers that are posting prices on Kayak that are significantly lower for a flight on an airline than what you could buy direct from the airline. And then you click through, and you're on some UFO travel site you've never heard of. And I'm looking at one right now that is an international itinerary that shows the price as it would be with the airline itself, and it shows it in red with a slash through it. Then underneath, in big black numbers, it says a much lower price, save 20%, and gives the name of this travel site nobody's ever heard of, view deal book here kind of thing. That's exactly what you saw, right? That kind of thing? exactly as it was presented, yeah. Yeah. All right. So the problem is I've read, as I've looked at message boards and I've looked at information, a lot of these UFO sites are terrible. Terrible. Awful customer no service, people getting stranded in foreign countries, when they're told, no, you don't have a valid ticket on us, or we weren't paid for your ticket, or we show no record of your reservation. And Kayak has really messed up here. And it's just because they're getting these referral click fees, and they're doing business with who knows who. Right. So you would want to ignore any of those that are booking engines that are unfamiliar. Okay, great. All right, now i got one other suggestion for you, because Kayak does have, if you look at their their box that you can do plus or minus three days, it's a great tool for finding fares, in spite of the problem we just talked about. Right. The other place I'd like you to look when you're searching for fares, either domestic or international, is a Google tool called google.com slash flights. Have you tried it? I sure have. In fact, I actually prefer that booking engine, uh, but I thought I'd just try out Kayak to see if there was any comparable options. But I have used both. Uh, I was just a little concerned about the topic that you just already addressed. So, yes, thank you so much for that information. And, and I can't thank you enough, JC, for mentioning this, you know, calling in with this question, because I don't know where my brain has been that I've forgotten <laughs> to bring up this warning about Kayak on the air. And it's terrible because I've always loved Kayak, and I'm so disappointed in them 
that they're doing business with these UFOs with all these customer service problems or their true customer no service problems. Mike is with us. Mike, you have, gosh, it's all travel segment of the Clark Howard Show. Mike, you have a question about a website you're finding really great deals for fun in the sunspots. Is that right? That is, Clark. Uh, great pleasure to speak with you today. Um, yeah, I found a dot .com that specializes in trips to the Caribbean, and I just got this amazing price of, it was uh, $1,300, five nights in the Dominican Republic, um, flying on a major carrier for almost $1,300. And that just smells really fishy to me with a flight included. So I went to the resort website and booked the exact same trip, same days, same flight and everything, and they had it at 2800 so how is it half? Well, how is it more than half price off at this site? That's my that's my question to you. It's, uh, it, it's probably not real, but I'm it curious. could be. It could be. Really? So, the Caribbean is a weird thing. Okay, uh, what month of the year are you looking at booking this? November. All right, November. Thank you. You you tied right into what I was thinking. All right, so November is off, 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 off season for Caribbean destinations. Okay. And so a lot of times if the reservations people for a resort are looking down the line and they see bookings are very soft for a particular period, they will heavily discount to wholesalers a a week or a particular time during which they'll accept bookings and accept very, very low rates. Sometimes in order for... uh, a tour operator to get those low rates, they have to pay guaranteed money. So in other words, they buy that inventory at the deep discount. If they don't sell it to you, they have to eat that book. So it is possible that you could do a booking at an all-inclusive with air included and end up paying half of what it would be direct with the resort. But with the Caribbean... Don't book at a dot-com direct if you can help it. Go to a travel agent that does a lot of leisure bookings, and they're the ones that know which of these tour operators are reliable and which are not. Okay. And these tour operators overwhelmingly sell to the public and also through travel agents, commissioning travel agents. Okay. So if you go to a a vacation-oriented agency, retail agency where you live, and you say, hey, I found this deal. Is this tour operator one that you trust and use? And follow the advice of people in the business that deal with this stuff every day. Okay. And if they good. tell you this particular, this is a legitimate operator, by the way, but it doesn't mean they're a good operator. Okay. So, you know, if an agent says, oh, rolls, rolls his or her eyes and says, you're not going to believe what happened to somebody using them. And then you know it is too good to be true. On the other hand, they say, yeah, they, they offer these cheap deals from time to time. They seem okay. Then okay. I think you're fine to book it. Great. Thank you. Okay. I know if it's half price, you figure it's got to be a ripoff or a scam. Not necessarily. Sandy's with us. You have our trifecta of travel questions right now, Sandy. What's happening with you? Well, I'm loving this segment because I love to travel, and I'm a travel professional for 30 years. Um, I got a solicitation to experience a travel expo. So the the caveat was you get 
two round-trip domestic airfares, and two nights at a major hotel. So these all had very good brand names. So I'm thinking timeshare. I can say no. So my husband and I go down there. We spend 90 minutes for the spiel thinking we're going to say no, we're going to say no. And it turns out to be not a timeshare, but a travel brokerage that guarantees you are going to get rock bottom prices on all kinds of great places, condominiums, cruises, car rentals. um, Sandy, I'm already scared and I haven't heard the key details yet. Well, they start at $15,000. We walked out the door forfeiting our round-trip airline tickets and hotel for an extra $1,000 off for the rock-bottom price of $10,000. And this is for the promise that you will get these ultra-cheap or free vacations for years to come. Exactly. Right. I have. Uh, do you have any time to get out of this? Or are we talking about this past you know too late? I had a headache since I signed, and um, I got up this morning and, and canceled it. And All right, I'm how sure did you cancel? Did you, do s- did you cancel by certified mail? Well, they only give you a post office box, so I um, will fax them. I will send it to the post office box because I couldn't get it. Right, send it to the post office box by certified mail return receipt requested. Yeah, and I did send an email, which they say is really what you need to do. No, don't trust that at all. Go back to the post office and send your cancellation as required by certified mail, and again, return receipt requested. Yeah. Your your headache is right. Yeah. These, I, these, yeah. these vacation clubs where you pay the big upfront fee for their promise that you're going to get all this wonderful travel mm-hmm. has been an ugly ripoff all the way leading to the word that has to be proven in court, scam, for years and years and years. I have never seen one that turned out to be legit. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't find anything good or bad, but when I read all the fine print, I actually realized they're doing business under a different name. Well, that that in and of itself is not enough reason to get out, Sandy. The whole idea that you pay somebody ten grand up front for their IOU that you're going to get supposedly cheap or free travel in the future, is a no-go, and it's a terrible problem. I don't want you to lose your money, so please. So you don't get another headache, go to the post office, cancel again by certified mail. Aaron is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Aaron, we're going to talk paper or electronic for bank statements. Is that true? That's true. A while back, I heard you recommend, I think it was after one of the large banks had a hack happen to them, and you recommended keeping bank statements in paper form. So I changed my electronic statements to paper, and now I have files full of paper statements, and I'm wondering if something did happen, would those actually help me, and do I need to keep them? The older statements, probably not. If you keep your year-end statement from older years okay. and shred the rest, that's fine. But okay. current year, I really want you to keep, like, uh, maybe you do it on a rolling 12-month basis, that you keep the paper statements. And I know that the the banks and the brokerage houses, mutual fund companies, have been very sore at me about this advice and recommendation. (laughs) But I get paper statements from all of them. And then, you know, over time, thin the herd of those statements as they're not 
relevant or necessary anymore. But I would not go to electronic statements. And I think you made a good choice going to paper, okay. even though it does create that blizzard of paper. And would you would that be true for all accounts like uh, 401ks, Roth, all all of money accounts? So with them, again, as time marches on, uh, end of year statement will be fine. But current okay. year, you want all four quarterly statements. Got it. Okay. Well, so that way I've thin, I've thinned your files a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, you did. You did thin them, but I'll keep them around for now. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. Have a great Have day. A day. You All too. Right. So the banking system is not as secure as it should be, so you need to keep documentation of what you have in your accounts in case a bank has a catastrophic data loss. That's why paper statements are important. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. My goal to empower you with knowledge that'll help you save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I believe that we as parents have such a responsibility to teach our kids our values, to teach our kids what we expect of them. And my rule, first, foremost, and always, is that our kids are to grow up to be good people, and we can't guarantee their happiness, but it would be great if they're happy as well. And that those things are essential. Of course, good health, but that, well, we don't control that as adults, generally. But one of the ways that in our household is so important is that our kids know to be charitable and participate in charitable activities and some of the stuff we do others may look at as trite but i don't from a very young age our kids go with us to volunteer activities we volunteer at the ronald mcdonald house we volunteer at a homeless shelter we do a variety of charitable walks. I do a lot of charitable activity in conjunction with my work. And the, our kids are incorporated into these activities so they learn that something expected under our roof is that they are there to serve others, that life is more than just about them. And... There are many organizations now that actually help create that tangible experience for a kid so that he or she sees the direct relationship of charitable giving. Now, I had an experience with my son recently that I shared on the air this past winter and he and I were going to an event downtown and there was a homeless family there and it was cold and they were obviously having a tough time in the cold weather and they were out on the streets and my son and I both gave our coats up made a real impression on him 
in addition to the fact that we were cold, you know, that he gave his coat to a kid right there and I gave a coat to a parent. And then we were shivering. But we were then able to go in. We were going to a sports event. We were able to go into an arena where we were warm. They were still out there. And we were both dreading going back to the car after the event in the cold. But it was a really great, as they say, teachable moment because we gave tangible benefit right then and there. And it was a great learning experience for us that you can provide service to others at any time. Well, Forbes magazine did a list of charitable things that you can do that will directly engage your child. And we have a link for you at Clark.com of these organizations if you want to get your child involved and get him or her involved in the activities that speak to your child, but at the same time will teach your child the concept of service to others, which to me is one of the most important things that we can teach our kids through their lifetimes. Sal is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sal. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. We want to talk about a really good thing with cars. You're about to be debt-free on your cars. Is that right? Uh, that's correct, Clark. Uh, my wife and I will finish paying our two cars off pretty soon. That's great. So yeah, are so, you going to keep the cars after you finish paying them off? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, we're going to keep those. We're not buying any new cars for now, so we'll have some extra money every month. So we want to know what should we do with that extra money. Do you need my mailing address to send me the money? <laughs> sure. Go ahead with it. <laughs> so uh, tell me what else goes on in your life. What do you do in terms of other debts? What are you doing to save for the future? That kind of thing. Uh, as far as debt, we're pretty much debt-free. Um, we only have the, the car the car payments. And uh, we also put money aside every every month on, our, on a different savings account. So this... Uh, this money from the, the, the car payment is going to be completely extra. Wow. So what are your goals? Do you own a home? Is that something you want to do? Uh, we, we do own our home. I mean, we're, we have a mortgage. Ah, okay. And what kind of interest rate are you paying on that? That, I believe it's a 3.75. Which is a uh, great rate. How long do you think you'll stay in that home? Well, we just got it about a year ago, so... So we'll be there for a few years. Oh, just a few. Yeah, well, we're newlywed, so... Congratulations. So, thank you. So as the family grows, then maybe we'll, we'll look into moving and buying a new house. But for now, we're, we're happy there. What are each of you doing saving for retirement? Uh, I have, uh, through my job, I have a, a two retirement accounts. I believe it's a 401A. Okay. And then the other one is a, I think, four fifty seven. So you are you're a government employee. That's correct. Yes. All right. So what percent of your pay are you saving? In a fifteen percent of my pay goes goes for that for my retirement. Great. Uh, so you you're handling money magnificently. How about Thank your you. wife? What's she doing to save? She's putting a little bit aside uh, as far as the uh, retirement. 
I'm not exactly sure of the number, but it's not. It's not as. All right, that's the not, biggest. Then that would be the biggest hole in what we've discussed. Is okay. for her to significantly boost what she's saving for retirement. Okay. Especially, are you planning maybe to have kids in the future? Yes, we are. Hopefully. Then she needs to save more than you do. Because okay. what happens to women is they, uh, through the childbirth cycle, they're in and out of the workforce more than we are, obviously. And a lot of times we'll go back maybe part-time instead of full-time. And so women live longer than us and ultimately end up with much smaller accounts for retirement than we have as guys. So okay. I would say the biggest change that you should consider as a couple is doing a huge increase in what she's saving for retirement. Okay. And that's through her salary, correct? Right. So okay. does she have the equivalent, like a 401k or anything like that where she works? Yeah, she does. So in her case, I'd throw every last penny at it, every paycheck she could as soon as the cars are paid off. Okay. So instead of putting that money aside, just having her just put more money uh, from her paycheck. Exactly. Sure. And then the beauty is that both of you are learning to live on less than what you make in each case, and you're then in a better position to afford the cost of maybe a lower income once a baby comes into your lives. So I think that combination would be great. Richard's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Richard, you got a question about Charles Schwab. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, what I tried to do was open an intelligent portfolio, and they would not let me do it because I had a credit freeze on my uh, credit reporting accounts, and they said it was company policy that I had to thaw the credit freezes to allow them access to that. And this and is happening. This is happening all over the country. I'm hearing these reports. And so the reason that this is going on is that brokerages are having to establish that you are who you say you are. And there are a number of reasons that they have to do so specifically related to money laundering and of late also the possibility of people using a brokerage account to funnel money for terrorism. So when your credit's frozen, they can't run the background check that they are supposed to run. And when I first got this question, it wasn't about Schwab, it was about uh, one of the online banks. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Why do you have to thaw your credit to open an account with an online bank? And then the answer we got is that this is what you're going to have happen. And this is from the Industry Trade Association for the stock brokerages, that you have to thaw your account for the various reasons involving money laundering and terrorism. Okay. Well, thank you very much for explaining that. Was that a, but that wasn't a good explanation, was it? Well, it was the best explanation that I could get. Okay, well, I'm glad I could give you at least that. There should be a better way than forcing you to spend the money to thaw your credit. Fran is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Fran. Hello, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. 
you're moving to New York. Yes, sir. Moving from Florida to New York, some people say I'm crazy. but That is so backwards. (laughs) Yeah, that's what everyone says. But we're from upstate New York, so we wanted to go home while we still had a chance. Okay. Time up there. So I'm I'm buying a house up there, and I I got the paperwork from the lawyer last week. We're closing this Friday. And as I was looking through it, there was something called title insurance on there. I emailed and said, hey, what is this? Is this mandatory? And they said, no, it's not mandatory, but we think you should – do it. And it's a, it's almost $2,000. So I looked it up online a little bit and can't tell, you know, some people say yes, some people say no. So I just thought, what does Clark think about title insurance? So are you paying cash for this home? I am. Ah, cause when it's voluntary, it means you're a cash buyer. So yes, what the advantage of title insurance is, is that that $2,000 could turn out as it is most of the time to be a big waste of money. Because mm-hmm. nobody ever disputes the title or your ownership of it or whatever. And you're like, why did I spend that money? But on the other hand, if for whatever reason there ever was a challenge to your legal right to have title to the property, the title insurer defends you. And if they fail in their defense, they have to pay you so you don't lose all the cash you paid to buy the property. Hmm. So the purpose of it, these circumstances are very rare. If you think about what are you paying for the property in New York? Four thirty-five. Okay. So if something happened and somebody said, no, 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 seller did not have clear title to this, this happened or that happened or the other happened, and they successfully challenge your ownership, you lose all that money. Huh. And, and but the, the, the circumstance is extremely rare. So, so should I weigh the fact that like only one person's owned the home before me? Well, again, the, there's a certain gamble involved. I, I'll tell you, when I have been a cash buyer of a property, I have bought title insurance anyway. Okay. And I, you know, I I just would not want to be in a position later where I'd say I cannot believe this. So here's how I'd make that decision. If in the very obscure, remote possible situation, somebody were to come along, successfully challenge the title, and you lose $435,000, would you lose sleep over that? Mm-hmm. Of course. Then that's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> if it fails the sleep test, then you need to buy the title insurance. James joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, James. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, James. How can I be of service to you? I had a, I had a question. I was listening to uh, a podcast of your show a while back, and I heard some different uh, investment talk and different options, and I was looking at one of the websites that was mentioned, or a couple of the websites that were mentioned on one of the podcasts, and there was an idea on this website. I want to see what you thought of it. It was basically the idea of having an emergency fund. And they were saying, I guess the example I could give you was they said if you had like an emergency fund of $1,000, that if you wanted to invest that in like 60% stocks, 40% bonds, that if it, as long as you invested like 1300 or you know 30% over your savings amount, that at any given moment, even through a market decline, and they're saying historically that you would still have at least 100% of what you need, which would be the $1,000. And I was just wondering if you thought that was a good idea or if that was because they were saying you need to outgrow inflation with your 
even with your emergency fund, which typically I'd heard that it needs to be in cash that you can reach right away. Well, I, I, I must tell you, you <clears throat> I respectfully disagree with the advice that you're being given by that website. Emergency money is money that should be put in a parking space that will fall behind inflation. But the whole idea of it with the emergency money is it's to be available for you in full at the time that you have a financial setback. You know, a huge percent of Americans say, even people who make above $100,000 a year, say they have no money to be able to deal with an emergency. And mm-hmm. that's terrible because that creates such insecurity. So having that cash in one of the online banks where you can access your money typically in two days mm-hmm. and you get, you're going to get around 1%, which will not quite keep up with inflation, but inflation's pretty low right now. So you're not going to fall that far behind, but you have that money there for the purpose stated. Investments are investments. A rainy day account is a rainy day account, and I don't like the idea of thinking of mixing the two. That, that's awesome. And Thanks as far as as far as using one of the online investment things where they build a portfolio for you, mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think those are are really really wonderful. Um, trying to think of name some of them that you've looked at. Uh, one of them was called uh, uh, Betterment, and there was a wealth something with wealth. I can't remember the actual name of it. Wealth Wealthfront. or something like Wealthfront. Wealthfront. Yeah, they're very good vehicles to start out investing and build a portfolio, extremely low costs, and they use artificial intelligence to build a portfolio for you based on your situation. And I think they're wonderful places to get going. So I'm glad you're thinking about investments, but if one of them gave you advice that your rainy day should also be mixed in with your investments, that seems kind of kooky to me. There's one strategy I've talked about using a Roth IRA as a way to do that, and I've really upset people talking about that because it's been pretty technical, and maybe I shouldn't be getting that esoteric on the show. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to the Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet. And there are a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.